We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike DeVito, here with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. And we are here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Before we jump into the episode, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Cookie Society Cookies, best cookies in the nation, all different kinds. You can't get this anywhere else. And now, Jeff, I'm starting to see these copycat companies come up on yeah. Facebook and stuff and they're breaking the cookies. I'm like, no, see, that's how you know you're successful <laughs> when now you got other other companies trying to trying to steal your flow. So yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think we were ahead of the curve. So ahead of the curve by, by a million miles. So check them out. Cookiesociety.com. They ship nationwide. Make sure to check those out. We're Lyman. We know our cookies. Cookiesociety.com. Big Jeff, what's up, brother? How are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Let's jump into a hard topic to start before we get into the more fun stuff, and that's getting cut, right? So this has changed a couple times throughout my career, and now, you know, obviously a couple years out of the NFL, when guys get cut, how many players start, how many players, you know, when the breakdown is for guys getting cut. Um, But we just had cuts recently, uh, four or five guys get released from the Chiefs on every team. I think it was four or five guys. And... I just wanted to pick your brain sort of on what on some stories that you you have, some stuff you can reflect back on. Cause because I know I guess I'll I'll start. For for me, one I remember my rookie year. This this wasn't even training camp yet. This was rookie minicamp. And, and I was with the Jets 2007. And back then they brought in I Jeff, unless I'm just missing it, I think they brought in like a hundred guys. I mean, there was a ton of guys. We had a ton of guys for rookie training camp, rookie uh, mini camp before the veterans were even there. And I remember some of these guys were studs. I mean, guys that I had watched play in college, um, uh, guys that I knew all American, all conference, a guy from my school from the university of Maine signed with the jets as an undrafted free agent who, who we all thought was going to get drafted. And he came into rookie mini camp with me, with the jets. So I was like, wow, this is, Look at all these players. Like, how am I ever going to compete and, and stack up against these guys? And I remember after one day, so we started with 100. After one day, they cut 50 guys. And a number of those guys were some of the best players. My buddy from the University of Maine, who was an All-American, who was a much better player than I was. 
and all these other guys from all these big schools. And I'm thinking, how am I ever going to make this teams if these guys have been here for 45 minutes and they're getting cut? Uh, it's just amazing how things can play out. And then the next day, another 30 guys get cut. You know, I mean, we I think yeah. we had 20 rookies that that went into training camp that year with the Jets. And so it's really a, such a wild business in this regard. And I and I we'll get into that. But just so what what are some of your memories from either you know you, you being a rookie and seeing guys get released and what that was like, the pressure, and just well, being a veteran? That's a tough business. For me, honestly, it started before I got in the NFL. I saw. Hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching hard knocks and I, I remember thinking like the storylines thinking, how in the hell am I going to make it in this league? Mm. And then when you actually get there and you see all that goes into it, you know, everyone's good. There's a ton of great players. Um, it's the best of the best. You don't make it there for, for nothing. Um, but ultimately it comes down to numbers. It's yeah. a business. Um, there's different variables, different factors as to why some guys don't make the team. It's not necessarily about who's the best sometimes comes down to who's getting paid the most right. who did i invest in in the draft i can't get i can't you know give up on a top three round pick right away you know maybe an undrafted guy that might be better than that first rounder but unfortunately um ownership isn't going to let that happen <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so um things like that happen and, and, you, and you see it um it's tough man i, I remember the first cut day in training camp um, we had i don't remember the exact number of guys but at least 20 guys got released and it was just, you know, guys getting picked off. Hey, come here, such and such needs to see you. And you just see trash bags getting filled with all of your, you yeah. know, equipment, everything that's in your locker. And um, some guys get picked up, but unfortunately, that's the end for a lot of guys. And yeah. it's really a sad reality, but that, that is the nature of the business. And and it, it is. It's it, And, you know, it gets harder as it goes, right, because you – you know, just just training camp alone. It's one thing when somebody gets cut. You know, these 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 new guys get cut during OTAs or rookie mini camp. But they, and then you get into the preseason and preseason game one. And but by the time you get to the end of the preseason, right, where you're getting down to a 53 man roster, and you you have these guys that you've been with now for six months. Yeah. And uh, you know, just that amount of time, you're really starting to build that bond and that friendship, and that's what training camp is about. And, you know, that last cut, which we'll talk about when we get there, is, is really difficult. But, yeah, I mean, I got I got really lucky. There's a there's really – especially for undrafted guys. Yeah. There's really an element of luck, like you said. I and my The first thing, I got to thank my agent because they have these algorithms and different things that, that breaks down, you know, what where you best fit, right? So if you don't get drafted in the seven, seven rounds of the NFL draft and you become a free agent um, – your, your agent is going to look at all the different teams and trying to figure out your best scenario. And uh, so he had everybody's salary, everybody's age, everybody's pro productivity, yeah. you know, and breaking down the whole thing. And it's like a computer program. He plugs it in and the Jets pop out as the, my best fit, right? The, the Jets are the best place for you to go, which obviously like I told before, that's the team I grew up rooting for. So that was really a blessing. Uh, but not only that, um, I get into camp and – my buddy that I played with at Maine, we're coming from a 4-3 defense at Maine going to the Jets, which in 2007, which is static 3-4, right? So yeah. head, up, head up end, nose, head up end, and then your outside rushers. And I was able to keep my hand in the dirt as an outside end. My buddy, who was an end in college, now had to stand up and play that in-between linebacker end position. Yep. That's hard. Totally That's, different beast. Oh, it's a totally different beast, but – in this defense, 
there's no, you know, he's not big enough to play that, you know, that, that four, that four technique might as well be a, th- a three technique or a nose. I mean, those guys are 300 pounds. This guy was like 275. Yeah. And so this is the importance of finding a good agent to put you in the best situation, but it's also a matter of luck, right? I got to be in a position where I could thrive. This is a guy that probably had, he had gone to a place that allowed him to put his hand in the dirt and just get after the ball and rush, rush the passer. He probably would have played in the league for a while. But because he got put, you know, in this situation, and now he has to figure out how to play that stand-up end position and drop into coverage, which he's never done. He gets cut day one after rookie minicamp, and he gets no other, you know, because you're not going to get another shot after that. If you don't make it past day one of rookie minicamp, it's not likely, you know, it's likely that a team isn't going to try on you. You're saying, well, the guy can't get past one day. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's so it's a matter of getting a good agent to get you in a good situation. And getting, you know, just getting lucky, getting lucky about where you're at. I had three or four guys ahead of me, Kimo Von Olhoffen, Bobby Hamilton, all, all of, you know, all of uh, our football historians remember these guys. But these guys, when I was coming in the league in 2007, were 14 and 15 year players who had high cap numbers and who just knew they weren't going to make the team. And they were yeah. saying, you, if you show up even a little bit, you have a really good shot to make, to make this squad. And so, uh, I guess all of that to just reiterate, it, there's a massive element of luck. It's not always about, uh, you know, can you perform? It's it's can you perform and, and are you, have you been put in the best situation to perform? And can you stay healthy? <laughs> and can, oh, forget <laughs> it. Injuries. If forget. you get hurt, if you get hurt, especially as an undrafted guy, game over. I mean, over. and those are things that you can't control. And unfortunately, those happen. Um, but. You know, even even with that, I think um, just seeing the chip that guys that are, are later round picks and undrafted guys, the chip they have on their shoulders, um, it's the reason why a lot of those guys end up being successful. I mean, you look at the statistics, there's a lot of successful undrafted free agents in the NFL, and that's because of, you know, not getting everything handed to them. That's right. That's right. You see that number in the background. 70. Yeah, I see it. That's Mike DeVito's of the world. That's, well, let me tell you. So when I came into the Jets, that was the number they gave me. Because why, you know, that's a, that's generally an offensive line. Exactly. That's like, he's not making the team. He ain't making the team. <laughs> right? He's not making the team. So I kept that. I, you know, when I made that team, I was like, I'm keeping this. Because this that's number, awesome. being, this reminded me all the time that everybody, you know, they didn't think I was going to make it. Yep. Uh, and so I kept that throughout my career. But yeah, so you do. You play with that chip on your shoulder. And what a benefit that is going forward, you know, every year the, my mindset was never, Hey, you've made it. Even I signed the, the contracts, no. my, my, I could never get out of that undrafted rookie free agent mode. Where it's like, I got to earn this every day. I gotta earn that's this. Gotta that's truly the mindset. It doesn't matter if you're a first round pick, doesn't matter if you're undrafted. That's the mindset that every single NFL player should have, because it's at some point, even if you're a first round pick after year two, three, then you're getting treated like an undrafted free agent. So right. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's best to have that mindset coming in because there's going to come a day where if you aren't at the top of your the top of your game, if you're not competing at a high level, and you're not thinking like an undrafted free agent, and you're going to get humbled. And, and it cool. happens a lot. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so now that's from a rookie perspective. As a veteran, and I was trying to think of some good stories, but – I think these these stories are so upsetting that I just kind of blocked them out. And I remember my wife talking to me about this. But just when you get older and now you've been on a team for a few years and you've had friends been on that team for a few years with you, and now those guys get released during training camp or whenever it is, they get caught. It's it is really 
like I don't want to over exaggerate, but it really is quite a, like a mourning process. You're like, wow, yeah. girl, so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And my wife, I remember when when Jesse and I got married, and and she was had you know this was my third year in the NFL, so she started learning about the league, and she was like, you know what's so funny is how there's a, there's sort of a distance, even though you and your friends are close. I can tell there's a distance between everybody because I think everybody's kind of knows that, hey, this can this can happen in a second. You could be cut and gone. It's kind of like the it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of like the mafia. You know how like the mafia, you know, everybody's family, but somebody gets whacked and it's like, oh, well, we move on, you know. And so just that's what that's what like that's the business. So you move that's, on. That's the business. That's the business, man. But it's like, but at the same time, you have you have these buddies you've been with for a long time, and then all of a sudden they get cut and released and. I remember the times being there, you know, with my friends and just like, I don't even know what to say to you, man. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about them as a human being, you think about their family, you think about all the work that they put in um, and you know how special of a human being and player, you know, most cases those guys are and to see that they're getting let go. You know, it kind (laughs) of lights a fire underneath you. Like that can happen to me too. And I've been cut. I mean, it's tough. And 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 the older you get, the older you get, you, you can see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. especially when the coaches and everyone in the building respect you, you can kind of see their temperament change, their mood change. It's almost like a like a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's quiet. It's like, oh man. Yeah. You start looking around like, oh, it's my time. I already know. I already know what's up. They don't have to tell you. Um, but that's just a part of the business. Um, you just gotta be ready for it. What was that? So now you you didn't get cut until way late though in your career. Yeah. I mean, so what yeah. was it? The last year in Kansas City? Yeah, I got released week five and it, it was more so um <clears throat> we're bringing a guy back from i think it was um it was a cornerback i forget his name he came back from suspension the o-line room we had 11 guys on the roster typically you know you keep eight oh, to wow. ten we had 11 That's and we were looking in the room there was a cap situation i was a vested veteran so when i got released i became a free agent mm-hmm. so the idea behind it was we'll release you jeff and we'll bring you back you know when someone gets hurt, um, knowing that you want to be here, but yeah. I can't release the younger guys. I can't release this person because, you know, they become, you know, um, they can get picked right up. Yeah, they can get picked up. Um, they're not vested. What, they're so, on waivers, right? But they get on waivers. Yeah, they go on waivers, so they they have the opportunity to get claimed and get potential of losing that person. And it's not necessarily that that person's better than you now. I need that person in the future. Yeah, right. so there's a, <laughs> there's a ton of ton ton of stuff that goes into it. But ultimately. When that happened to me, and I just was like, you know what? My body was hurting a little bit. I had a business. Um, my family was back in Dallas. I was still in Kansas City. So I ultimately made the decision to say, you know what? It's my time. I'm just going to retire. I'm not going to come back. Yeah. What's it, What was Andy like? Andy Reid like through that process? I, I, it was I, great, man. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it was super transparent. It was, um, you know, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Um, ultimately, this is the plan. We want to bring you back. Um, but when I decided not to come back, they fully supported it. They understood my decision. Um, they respected it. And that's why I, so, I have so much respect for guys in that building. Um, it wasn't just, hey, get your bag, be out of here. If yeah. we need you, we need you. It was, man, Jeff, I'm sorry. You know, this is not what we wanted to do. But, you know, this is the decision we have to make because of these factors. Yeah. Let me ask you, because – so it's interesting you say that because I – so I, I I was never released. I had to take pay cut. Yeah. Uh, I never I never gotten cut in my career. Um, but I did just like you, I decided not to come back. I decided to retire. And 
and you, I had heard players say, it's really nice to go out on your own terms, right? Yes. Like you get to go out. I wholeheartedly disagree with that now. When I look back, all I wonder is, wow, I shut the door on something that maybe I, you know, what could one more year have been like? Yeah. What about your long-term health and stuff? And it's like, well, my long-term health is shot anyway. But what could one more year have been in that, you know, been in that locker room? Because once it's done, man, you know. Yeah, once it's over, it's over. Oh, and so now I'm like, damn, I wish I should, I should have just ran the bus until the wheels fell off. You know, well, and that's I mean, that's ultimately what I ended up doing the year prior to that. Um, I thought I was done. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to retire. I went into the offseason mm-hmm. telling every single team I'm done. I'm retired. Yeah. And then it got around summertime. I'm still training and I'm still getting calls. And I talked to my agent and he said what you said. You know, you sure you're done? You yeah. know, because when it's done, it's done. When you close this door, it's not going to open back up. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I was like, you know what? I'll give it one more. I'll give it one more go and see what happens. Yeah. And I'm happy I did um, because, you know, I went out on my own terms. I was able to go back and, you know, be a part of a Super Bowl team. And yeah, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. That's a great. That's a great story. Um, yeah, I remember it was real for me. So, uh, I I, had, Kansas City had offered me just a basic contract to come back for for the my tenth season. And I brought it to my wife and, and we can get into this another time, but she just wasn't having it. My, my wife had, you know, I had the concussions. I had the Achilles yeah. the year before. She was just like, I can't do it anymore. My third baby was on the way. Um, but it all became real to me around September, October time when Alan Wright, the, the, the chief's equipment manager, it's sent the me the box. Yeah. And I, did I talk? Have I talked about this before? I don't know if I told No, you. we never talked. We all get the box when it's over. Oh, Jeff, I opened up that box and it had my cleats and like he had made some special like T-shirts that had DeVito on it. And I just went like it makes me want to cry now. I went into the basement, man, and just cried and yes, cried. Man. It was like, oh, what it, did I it do? Is tough. I wish I could show you guys around my house. I have a locker in yeah. my garage that I built <laughs> so I can still feel like I'm in a locker room. I have like all my old equipment, my cleats, helmet. Jerseys, like it's it's super cool, <laughs> but it's like every time I go out there, I'm like, damn, I wish I was still playing. Oh man, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to know I'm not alone, man. I'm no, you're not alone, man. We, we all you'll you'll never. I don't think any you know professional athlete or someone that's competitive doing something at the top of the top of the top of the top um, can just let go that easy. It's yeah. something it's something you did your entire life, so. I mean, we're going to always miss it, uh, but ultimately yeah. our bodies like, we just couldn't take it anymore. Our heart's still in it, but you, once your body's gone, your body's gone. That's no, that's exactly right. Your, your body can't do it. Yeah, your body can't hold up. And, and every when you try to steal another year, your body really does take a toll. Exactly. Right? And, and me being a competitor, one, I didn't want to look like crap. Yeah. Two, I didn't want to take an opportunity away from someone else, you know, yeah. going out there pushing myself more than I need to. Um, so – that's why I made my decision. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so that's actually a good transition. So now we can transition to something a little bit lighter, talking about someone who might have taken an opportunity from someone uh, when they were past the prime, and that's Tim Tebow. So we're talking about <laughs> yeah. talking about my boy Tim. So I had an opportunity to play with Tebow in 2012 with the Jets, and you and I have talked about that it factor when it comes to leadership, right? Yeah. So uh, the Eric Berries of the world. 
Tebow is in that category. Um, he has this knack that for whatever reason, sometimes when you see it on TV, it comes off as a little corny. But when you're in the locker room with him, he really does have an energy uh, about him that guys want to rally around. I mean, he can get yeah. he can get guys going. That said, and I think that's what's really kept him around for so long, for the time he was in the NFL, and obviously this chance he just got was one of the reasons, is because he has that it factor that it's hard, you know, it's hard to get that in the locker room. And when you don't have it, it's really detrimental. Yeah. The problem is Tebow's just he's a great college football player. Yeah. Uh, but that's I love I, Tim. I love you, but that's I mean, and it's, a, it's a tough ask. You, I mean, a guy what was it? Eight years out the league, yeah. Switching positions, switching from quarterback, quarterback specialist. I put those guys in the same category. Quarterback, quarterbacks get hit a little bit more, um, right. but it's not that physical of a position. Right. You're going from playing a, a not so physical position to going to tight end, which is an extension of O line. That's in the trenches. Right. Um, that's that's one of the, that's that's one of the most physical positions in football, and you're asking that guy to come from retirement after eight years and block a grown man that's trying to make a football team. Uh, I knew that wasn't going to work out. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, um, he got released, but um, I mean, I saw it coming. Yeah, it's funny. I know Tim. I was thinking, man, if anybody can do it, he can do it. And I saw. Um, I saw, you know, all the pictures, right? He's got the huge biceps. He's all blown. I'm like, yeah. maybe he can do it. Maybe this man can do it. And then I saw that film and I was like, he just, you I know. Will, I will say this. Shout out to him for giving it a try. Right. Um, not being afraid to fail. And that, that, that's super, that's super. Um, I give that major props. Yeah. A ton of respect for him going out there and giving it a try. But but a big but you probably shouldn't have gotten that opportunity <laughs> uh, well no and and i wanted to ask you about this i mean again with tim on the team and i was with the jets we we went down to jacksonville and jacksonville is tebow's spot i mean yeah. we got off that plane and it was like the president got off that plane i mean it, it was just you know they loved him down there and so i think for jacksonville you know you start is it's, it's still 90 guys that start on the roster right yeah I think to have, you know, have Tim as one of your 90 guys and say, hey, roll the dice, see if he can play. But nothing else, we at least have a Tebow jersey in Jacksonville. Right? So now <laughs> all this Jacksonville Tebow jersey. That's Great marketing. Probably, yeah, they probably Great marketing. a ton of money on this. Just get him through the first preseason game so we can get, <laughs> get that name on the back. You know, so I, that's smart by them. What I did notice, though, and you just brought this up, is – you see that you see there are times where you get tight ends, especially coming from basketball, that can come in and be sort of your wide, the, your your tight end, your, your receiving tight end. Sorry, yeah, your receiving tight end, and they can go out there and they can jump and they can catch and they're speedy. Um, blocking is a whole different ball game, right? Yep. You would think ah, it'd be a lot harder to come in and and run all those routes, catch those passes than block, you know, but that is what we saw with Tebow. I think it shows it's exactly the opposite. When you got to put your face in there and take on an end uh, and take on a, a linebacker and, and and block those guys out of there head on, that takes, that takes some, some fortitude, right? I mean, you you got to yeah. have that in you. That's, that's not, uh, doesn't matter how much talent you have, doesn't matter how strong you are. If you can't bring it, you got no chance. It's not it's not an easy job. I know a lot of people watching television 
They don't really watch the O-line and D-line. But that is one of the toughest things to do. And you hear, I hear my uncles and my, you know, my family members always screaming, just stay in front of them. Just <laughs> it's easy. Just block them. You just got to hold them for two seconds. That's what you got to do. That's true. Uh, but there's so much more to it, man. And unfortunately, um, he was too far behind to ever catch up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, shout out to him for giving it a try. What do you think of everybody talks about how uh, they think LeBron James would be, you know, coming into the league or somebody like that coming to the league? would be a great tight end. And again, I think for the for receiving aspect of it, sure. I think that would yeah. But I wonder, you know, because him Tebow, Tebow played quarterback. I mean, obviously Tebow's been in some physical yeah, that yeah, game. yeah, some type of physicality. Yeah. And he you can tell he just he didn't want that that smoke. Um you think I wonder now my my I thought yeah LeBron James would probably probably come in and be a killer. Now after watching Tebow I'm thinking you know, maybe as a receiving tight end, but yeah, yeah, as a receiving tight end, probably so, but not as a blocker. I mean, you look at the guys now that converted from, you know, basketball to football. I mean, I don't know if if those were the greatest blockers. I mean, no. you think of Antonio Gates, you don't think about him blocking. No. You think about all the touchdowns he scored, you know, all the plays he made in San Diego yeah. as a receiving tight end. And the same for a ton of guys like that. Um, but there's opportunity for them. They go to the right situation. Coaches put them in positions. Right. to be successful, then there's room for that. But, you know, we never got to see Tebow as a receiving tight end. So nah, I, don't I, mean, know, that's I don't know what his potential was there, but I know he wasn't a great blocker. No, he was he was either blocking or done. But, yeah, yeah. like with Gates, I remember we played San Diego a million times. And whenever he was in, and it was a run situation, 12 personnel, second and three, we were thinking, hey, it's running the opposite way. Yeah. You know, he's backside cut off. They're never running to him. Uh, you know, he's never the point man. So, never. yeah, yeah, that's well, I think it's just uh, it just highlight. I think it was a good sort of case study and how difficult blocking in the NFL is and how, again, you can be as talented as you want. If you don't have that mindset, if you have a killer attitude, you got nothing. You got no embarrassed. <laughs> so let's uh, let's finish with this, Jeff. Just, you know, first preseason game. I think the biggest win for me is there were no injuries, right? That's yep. the first thing I'm looking at, both as a player and now as a fan. No injuries. That You know, great. We got out of it. Guys got some to get out of there, get some real reps. I don't like to do a lot of, lot of sort of diagnosing things. I mean, it's just – it's really quick. Everything's very vanilla. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a game worth breaking down, though obviously in the future you and I will be breaking down games yeah. in detail. But the one quick thing before we go – the offensive line, which you got one series with the offensive line. What would you think? How did they gel up front? One, I love the group, you know, yeah. from left to right. I love all the guys that they have in there. I like the the chemistry that they look to have so far. I mean, right off the bat, first play, 10-yard gain, yeah. and they got some serious movement. Um, I love the physicality of the two rookies. You know, yeah. they came out ready to go. Usually guys are nervous their first game, but um, Creed and, and Trey both looked like they were trying to take guys' heads off in the – no limited steps that they had. So that's encouraging. And then name, same thing, a right tackle. So I, I think this group, you know, they, they're going to come together throughout this preseason and right out the gate, they have a tough one with, with Cleveland. So yeah. can't wait for that one. Yeah, that'll be big. And now just real quick, again, before we go, Kyle Long comes back. Where do you put him at that right tackle position now? Because Trey's doing so well? No, I mean, I'm keeping, I'm keeping it the same, man. And that, that's the way coach oh. re-rolls. I'm okay. keeping it the same. I mean, they look good. 
If yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. There you um, go. Good. If those guys are doing well and they're doing what they're supposed to, I wouldn't change a thing. And um, that's not to say Kyle isn't a great player. It's just the way things work in the NFL. It's next man up. And if that guy capitalizes on the opportunity, you can't take that away from him. Oh, that's great. Great wisdom. Big Jeff, thank you so much. Chiefs Kingdom, we'll see you next week. Talking about the second preseason game, getting closer to the season, what that's like, all stuff from a player's perspective. Thank you for tuning in. Talk soon, Big Jeff. Go Chiefs. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.